I am so thankful for Holy Spirit here. Anybody have a welcome mat at your door? Anybody have one? Do you mean it? No, you don't. Liar? It's like, I mean it for the people that I mean it for. But don't you wish you could just push a button and it would just flip over? You know? How many have ever had your doorbell ring or somebody knock? You have a welcome mat and you didn't answer. (laughs) Me too. Because, you know, you already saw them coming down the street going to every door with some paper in their hand, you know? And uh, how many times can you ask me if I need new windows, you know? I got new windows. He's still knocking. I'm sorry. If you're doing that, bless you. You keep doing that, all right? Bless you. Bless you. That wasn't. So why is it we put the welcome mat out for the Holy Spirit, but we don't mean it? You know, is, is the welcome, it's like, you're, what do you mean, Pastor? We're welcome Holy Spirit, but is he welcome on Monday? You know, is he welcome on Tuesday when you're mad? You know, is he welcome when he's correcting you? I love Holy Spirit when he comes and heals me. But when he's convicting me, that's a different story altogether. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit convicts us? Helps us, gives us wisdom. I'm going to talk about this. This has been a theme in 2021, Freedom Family Forward. And if you don't realize it, we have stuck with a constant theme in this. Tell the people to go forward. It was Exodus 14. I preached that on the first Sunday of 2021. It was, it is the story of the Old Testament. Remember, those Old Testament stories are type and shadow. They show us how to walk. They show us about situations. And often they are more intense than the situations that you're looking at right now. Uh, This one was. I mean, it is Israel leaving Egyptian bondage. They're leaving slavery. And they're getting ready to march across, march out of town, out of the country. You know the story? And who chases them? Pharaoh. Not by himself. Not Pharaoh. He's just one guy. The, The armies. And they are going to come and kill them and massacre them. And they, are, they come to the Red Sea. How are we going to get a million people across the Red Sea? How are we going to do that? Especially with the enemy behind us coming to attack us. And they're saying to Moses, Moses, what did you do? Bring us out here to die. Moses seeks the Lord and God says, tell the people to go forward. Okay, there's water in front. There's the enemy behind. Go forward. And, and I heard this at the beginning of the season, tell the people to go forward. This is not time for retreat. This is time for forward momentum. Yeah, shake your head up and down and look at somebody and say, that preacher telling the truth right now. Hey, tell oh, say whatever you say. So, and then we, we, so we, we're moving forward. And so I preached Freedom Family Forward. And then we moved in the same spirit. We, we talked about having the same spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead also dwells in us, but dwells in all of us. So we regularly receive communion, and part of that is in celebration of the spirit of God that resides in all of us. We are family because we have same spirit. We're family because we have the same father. We have the same father. Wow. Wednesday night, we jumped all over that just a little bit, just this whole spirit of 
God and how the Father loves us and Abba Father and how he helps us to overcome our abandonments. There's so much relational brokenness right now. It is hard for me to talk with someone who does not have father wounds. That's how I have experienced my ministry. It's like so many people have got father, mother wounds in their life. And out of that, because of that, they have a hard time talking to Heavenly Father because their definition spiritually of father is one who leaves us and forsakes us. And so Abba Father comes and says, I came after you when you weren't coming after me. And he, listen, if you will, if you will receive Abba Father, he will, he will bring healing to those wounds. So we talked about same spirit because as the church, we have to move together. We talked about being led by the spirit, empowered by the spirit. We talked about the fruit of the spirit. Remember that? Hallelujah. Those are some good teachings. And then we talked about being armored up and we, we completed that with, above all, take the sword of the spirit, which is the Look, you were listening. Way to go, Patricia. Okay. <laughs> word of God, all right? But the, it is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is what the Spirit wields against the enemy, meaning that we need more than just a word. We, we have three words for a word. We have graphe, we have logos, and we have rhema. Three words for the word word. That's weird. That's why you need context of scripture. Some people take a Bible and put it under their pillow and think they're safe. You're not. Okay? It's just written in the book. Just because you have one in your shelf doesn't mean that you've hid his word in your heart. So you read the word, then you get the logos, you get the message in your heart. And so now you're doing warfare, but then you also have to speak the word of God. There's a word of God for right now. That's rhema. That's how the sword of the spirit moves, which is the rhema, the word of God. So you got it. You've read it. You've heard it. You, you got to get it off the page and you got to get it back into the atmosphere. You speak the word of God. The enemy cannot stand up against those of you that will actually use the word of God. Hallelujah. We really need to read it more than Christmas time, folks. We really do. Okay. Amen? Amen? And then we need to use it all the time. How many have ever had scripture come to your memory? Anybody ever had that? It's just, bam, it's like, what? And it's exactly what you need for the right time. So uh, this is a new time for the church. And I want you to hear this. This is not a new message, but it's, it's a new time. And, and this is what I'm hearing. We cannot be effective without the third person of the Trinity. Did I tell you that? Did you hear me? We cannot be effective without the third person of the Trinity, and that is Holy Spirit. Okay? You can't be effective. He is the empowering one. He is the leader. He's our comforter. He's our strength. He's our guide. So as we wrap up summer, and as we're around the corner from looking at a new year, I can see signs of spiritual struggle. And here it is, okay? Church going back to business as usual. Because one of the themes of our culture is, let's get back to some normalcy. Let's just get back to things being the way they were. And that's really not a possibility because we're moving forward. 
It's kind of like the Israelites as they're crossing the Red Sea saying, can't we just go back to Egypt? And that's constantly a theme. Let's just go back to Egypt. They cross the Red Sea. They get out in the desert and they're looking for some water food. Can't we go back to Egypt? Just go back to the way things were. And then even though they don't go back, they go back. They raise up idols at one time. They're just going back to the way they did things before. And every time they go back to business as usual, slavery as usual, things come full circle and they end up just falling apart, defeated. Church, we cannot go back to business as usual. We've worked too hard through this season to rise to a new level. The attack, you need to understand, is not always what you think. Because like the attack of Egypt upon the Israelites was, was in the spirit, was not just to uh, stop them, it was to render them powerless, to get them to stop moving forward. So the enemy is destructive, but ultimately his intention is to, to, to disempower us, to confuse us. To keep us from being unified in the Holy Spirit and to stop this message. You think it's just a cute message. To stop, same spirit message. You see, we are supposed to be together. Am I right? We're supposed to be unified. Even when some people can't make it. I remember we, the, the first word the Lord gave me just as soon as that social distance, shutdown stuff was. Anybody remember? Socially distant, spiritually close. Because you can't separate folks who are spiritually close. I, I, I was with, at dinner with a brother and his wife, Diane and I, uh, Randy and Rhonda Paris. As some of you know the Parises from years ago, but uh, in the 90s, early 2000s, we spent a lot of time working, building youth ministries and that sort of thing. Used to run church camps together and just close friends. I hadn't seen him in years and he came to Virginia Beach and it was like, we've been so close in the spirit, we sat and talked probably for three hours that's right. I did take your phone call. I, for about three hours, we're just sharing and pouring our hearts out to each other and praying for one another, just boom, boom, and just exploding. It's like, wait a minute. How can you be apart from me, but we're still this close? How, how come? How, how does that happen? It's because we're the same spirit. We also struggle greatly trying to do things on our own that we should be doing in the power of the Holy Spirit. We, we can't even expect great things in our own power. Anybody got this? Okay. In fact, I want to say this to you. As a, as a spiritual community, we got this. Amen? God has prepared us. He has empowered us. And I don't just want you to be aware of spiritual forces in the evil day, as we talked about in the Armor of the Lord series. I want us to embrace and celebrate that we are up for the task. We are more than conquerors. We've got this. We are spiritually gifted. Whatever is thrown at us, we're standing together in the power of the Spirit of God. All right. That sounds good. Anybody still with me? So my series for the next bit, I, somebody, somebody get nervous. Somebody will say, hallelujah, about time. All right. So. We're going to talk about spiritual gifts, spiritual giftedness. Uh, now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. All right, say, say those last, those opening words. Say that, now to Okay, now notice it doesn't say, now to the pastor is given the manifestation. No, it says to 
is given the manifestation of the Spirit for what? For the common good. So everybody needs to be able to walk in the, what's that big giant word there? Manifestation. All right? That means things that are invisible showing up as visible. Things that you believe actually happening. A lot of scripture here. You ready to read the word? 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse number 1. I really like it when you read out loud. It makes the devil nervous. Here we go. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. This stop for a minute. I, I, just, can't, I just can't go on. All right, first of all, one of the things he's saying is don't be pagan. Somebody praise God. Don't be pagan. All right. Uh, can I help you with that? Don't go to mediums. Don't go to psychics. Don't go down to the Edgar Casey Center for Research and Enlightenment. Don't, don't read your horoscope. Don't care whether you're a, a Sagittarius or a Libra or whatever all those other things are. It don't matter. And those things are contrary to the word of God. All right? Don't be interested in Ouija boards. All right? Don't go to tarot card readings. Somebody, if you, you go in that, they got that one store down the road. They used to have like a psychic sitting in the grocery store down there, you know? And a psychic sitting in the grocery store, you know? I, I, I remember uh, I saw that a psychic's house burnt down. I was trying to figure out why didn't she know that? Anyway, just thought I'd bring that up. Uh, but that's all idolatry. I'm preaching too much about that, but it hit me. So you need to know that. Somebody needed to know that. Somebody needs to be broken, broken free from those particular curses. Because when you go to psychics, you open yourself up to spiritual contamination. Okay? That's what it is. All right? If I would have time, every time I see a sign sitting in the median that says, you know, sister so-and-so reading your cards, I would jump, jump out of the car and throw them in the trash, okay? Some people says, that's not yours to throw in the trash, okay? Remember Gideon? God told Gideon before he defeated the enemy, before he raised an army, he said, first of all, I want you to go to your father-in-law's house, and I want you to tear down his idols. Somebody said, well, that, that idol didn't belong to him. No, it belonged to the devil. All right? I do, I'm really nuts, though. I'll go to stores, and they got Buddhas, and I'll just turn them around backwards. I will, I will. <laughs> I'll pat him on the head and say, God bless you, little chubby self. You just need to find Jesus. All right. I am such a mess. I am. But then he says, I want, to, I want you to show the first thing that you can do as a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. You ready? I want you to say, oh, I, don't, I don't have any gifts of the Spirit. Are you ready? I want you to just say this. Jesus is the Lord. Take it another level. Say, Jesus is my Lord. That was, we just had a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. All right? Because you just, by saying that, you were defeating the enemy. Because everything that the enemy wants to say is Jesus is cursed. That Jesus is nothing. Jesus is unnecessary. But you just said Jesus is Lord. If you want to manifest the Holy Spirit, day in and day out, say Jesus is Lord a few hundred times. 
There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now look at verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by, this, by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And He gives them to each one just as He determines. And then verse 14 reads this way. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So if you are already reading this and saying, okay, here we go with that bunch of, you know, super spiritual Pentecostal nonsense. What I'm saying is you really need Holy Spirit. All right? It's foolishness to those who do not understand because they are spiritually discerned. So we're going to talk about this. Uh, spiritual gifts is what we're focusing on. Uh, I, you know, I'm a granddad, so I got great grand, I have grandchildren stories. Not great grandchildren. I got grandchildren stories that are great. Uh, but one of those, you probably heard this, but. Uh, 2019, remember Christmas 2019, people used to get together and all that. So Christmas 2019 was the last time I was together with a load of my family in Ohio. And then we drove back and we took Avalyn home with us for a few days. Uh, Preston and Lindsay were heading out of town. So Avi gets in the car and she drives things. We had such a good time all the way home, uh, entertaining her all the way from on the drive from Ohio, West Virginia, turned back all the way back. And she gets home and it's still, we, you know, we didn't take down all of our decorations. She walked into our house, and she rounds the corner, and she looks at the tree, and she says, oh, it's really cute. She was just two and a half year, years old. She's going to be four this month. That's weird, but two and a half years old, and she says, oh, and she looked, and she recognized. She said, where did all the presents go? And, of course, I immediately jumped on board, and I said, well, that'll be back tomorrow, sweetie, because, Pat. But still, it was a resounding statement because I think that the Father looks at the church in our lives and asks the same question. Where did all the presents go? Where did all the gifts go? Where did they go? How did, how did we lose sight of giftedness? How did we lose sight of what the Holy Spirit wants to do? Where did all the presents go? Can you almost hear him saying that? Where did all the presents go? So we need a clear understanding, and that's what I just want to do today. I want to give you a clear understanding of the complete work of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, say Holy Spirit. Spirit. All right, so often we say, and I, you know, it's okay to say the Holy Spirit, uh, but it's also good, okay to say He, or uh, He the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit, or just say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You know, you're speaking directly to Him, because Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. So so God reveals himself in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Some people don't understand that whole concept, but uh, I, I am a husband, and I am a father, 
right? You understand that? I'm also a brother. I'm also a son. You get all of that? So uh, he expresses himself in three particular ways. How does he do that? Because you can't understand that. That simply helps me to know that you are not God. You know, do you understand how the heavens were made? Do you understand how all of this took place? How the rivers were carved out? How the sun rises in the morning and, and sets in the evening? And how, how all of the stars hang there and don't hit you? I mean, how does that happen? He's God, and that's what his word says. Jesus did not say, I, I am a God. Okay, so... Uh, you know, like there, there's so many doctrines that are so messed up. Jehovah's Witnesses do not understand who Jesus is. The Mormons do not understand who Jesus is. Okay. Am I just, I'm mean today, aren't I? I'm just, they don't know who Jesus is. Okay. So don't read their books and uh, don't spend a lot of time with them. I mean, they don't like, they, they, they have marked my house. They won't even come to see me anymore. All right. Because I, I just asked the wrong questions, you know. The guys come with, and we love them. We love them. They're some really nice people, and I appreciate that. But somebody comes up, knocks on my door in a white shirt, and they're back now, by the way, in the little black thing, and they start asking me about Jehovah's Witness or about, about the Mormons. And I say, Well, how many false prophecies does a prophet have to make before he becomes a false prophet? And one guy looked at me and said, Don't you be talking about Joe Smith, our, our prophet, like that. How did you know I was talking about your prophet? And I start labeling all the false prophecies that he made. You understand Joe Smith was one of the most racist men who ever walked on the face of the earth. You understand that. And one of the most sexually broken men in the world. And so he comes up with the doctrine that, anyway, I'm not even supposed to be talking about that. But uh, anybody understand what I'm saying? Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. And so Jesus said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you another comforter. Greek, the, a paraclete, one like myself. And it's better for you because I can only walk with a few of you, but when he comes, he will be with you and he will come and be within you. So when you're saved, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why you're born again and you become a child of God. And then you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. John said, I truly baptize you with water and repentance, but there is one who comes after me and he will baptize you in a Holy Spirit and fire. And that was Jesus. Jesus is the baptizer, and now we have Holy Spirit inside of us, around us, never leaving us, so saves us. Literally, he comes after us. Holy Spirit is the saver. Also, he is the convictor. He engages our sin. He is the sanctifier. He calls us to righteousness, revealing the word of God to us, and he empowers us. We need Holy Spirit. I said, we need help. I need help. I cannot do this by myself. I have tried it before. Anybody ever tried it? I have tried this thing. This is tough. I, somebody shout, I need help. Somebody, or point to him and say, he needs help. Well, I need help. Back in the day, there was this thing called the space shuttle. Anybody remember space shuttle? Space shuttle weighs four, weighed four and a half million pounds. Four and a half million pounds. And so here's the idea. We're going to put a, enough uh, power underneath this four and a half million pound piece of metal to throw it into orbit. We need enough thrust. So in order to get a four and a half million pound uh, piece of equipment to orbit, you're going to have to, this is how much thrust, you need seven million pounds of thrust. 
That's a lot of power. So I want you to understand that if we added all of us up and all of the believers and all the people in the world, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit has enough thrust, has enough power to lift all of us, to raise all of us up to a whole new level. He wants to lift us more than off the ground. He wants to lift us up as the church into a spiritual orbit. From a, from a space shuttle perspective, the Holy Spirit is here to propel you into fulfilling all of the purposes of God. I want, listen, I want you to get the gifts. But you may be struggling today with the whole idea of yielding yourself to the purposes and work of the Holy Spirit. Specifically after I read 1 Corinthians 12 to you. But we, got, we, we need to get liftoff first. These gifts are awesome. But why is it that we do not struggle with our sinful tendencies? Why don't we struggle with our bitterness or the attitudes and false beliefs of the world. I have been with people who were so bitter, they were mad at me. And I wasn't even the one that hurt them. I, I know people that are just bitter. I mean, all you have to do is try to have a conversation. I've had people I thought were going to slap me, literally, just because of bitterness from their lifetime that they had never resolved. Or attitude, get attitude with me, you know. False beliefs. Often, here's, here's one of the reasons we don't struggle. How many have ever heard this? I don't have religion. I have a personal relationship with Jesus. You're afraid to shake your head because we've all said that, right? It's about a personal relationship. But be careful because the concept of I don't have religion. It's about a personal relationship. You have to be careful because I might be saying, this is my personal relationship with Jesus. And I don't want you telling me what I'm doing wrong or doing right. Nobody need to be judging me or telling me because this is my personal religion, my personal relationship with Jesus. I believe what I want to believe and I don't believe what I don't want to believe. About two-thirds of the Bible I ripped out and threw away a long time ago because this is personal and it ain't none of your business. Whatever happened to same spirit? Yes, we're in a personal relationship, but this is a corporate relationship with Jesus. We together are the body of Jesus Christ. And when I'm all messed up, I need you perhaps to have a word of God for me because you are a part of the body and I'm a part of the body. We're all in this thing together. Stop playing all this. It's okay to say he wants to have a personal relationship with you, but don't, don't define it in such a way until you don't have to know Jesus or you don't have to have the Holy Spirit convicting you. Holy Spirit, leave me alone. I've got a personal relationship with Jesus right here. You know why? It's because we all yield to something. We need to yield to the Holy Spirit more than anything else. Hear me. If we're not consumed by that which is above us, we will give in to that which is around us. You will yield to something. I want to be consumed by Holy Spirit rather than be consumed by those things that are around me. Listen, it's, it's not just your relationship with Jesus. When you were baptized, you were baptized into the body of Christ. But can I ask you, is that all? Were you saved and, and just, you just sat down? Were you baptized and done? 
Like, I've been baptized. Okay. You know, I'm a Methodist. I'm a Nazarene. I'm an Episcopalian. I'm a Catholic. All right. I'm glad you got yourself your cool little label and somebody sprinkled or dunked you in a particular church. But what's going on in your life now? Did he, did he save you? And then he walked over to your life and looked all around you and said, where did all the presents go? God's intention in sending the Holy Spirit was to consume us, to use us, and eventually to bring us home to be with him where we will rule and reign with him forever. This topic of the Holy Spirit is one of those teachings that is like the end times. You know, when people talk about the end times, anybody ever studied eschatology, studied the signs of the time? How many know Jesus is coming back? I mean, when I think about this and I'm looking around, I'm looking at my grandbabies and I'm thinking, I, you know, I'm thinking Jesus could come back any moment. Anybody with me on this? I mean, I mean, it's right around the corner, but I cannot imagine what the world is going to be 50 years from now compared to what we're facing with and the things that we're looking up right now that it's like, it's like, talk, don't talk to Jesus about people because they will get upset. Listen, if I see another coexist bumper sticker, I'm just going to go nuts. I don't want to coexist. I want to know Jesus. I want to know him in the power of the resurrection. And I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to save every Muslim I possibly can by the message of the gospel of Jesus. I am that guy. I am that guy. Say, Pastor, you're picking. Don't you know there's a lot of really good religions out there? There's a lot of lies out there. Muhammad was a liar. Did I say that? Muhammad was a liar. Ever read his book? You know how many children he had living with him? Calling them his wives? Nobody wants the whole truth here, do you? You're afraid you offend somebody, all right? I ain't offend anybody in here. Oh, Jesus, help him. So, thank you, thank you, Dave, thank you. This topic of the Holy Spirit, again, when it comes to the end times, we got so many things that we're concerned about, but the message, the message of the Holy Spirit is a message of transformation, and I, and I want all of us to take our rightful place in the body of Christ, and that suggests that we open up our hearts to the total power of the Holy Spirit, and that means, hear me, finding out where the presents are. So. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't have timed that any better if I'd known when the thunder was coming. So I'll take that, Holy Spirit. I can, I'm telling you. Anybody ever have an appointment? Anybody ever have an appointment and people are late? Anybody ever do that? Yeah. All right. And then you end up in a meeting at the right time. You just kind of pass each other in a place you didn't even know you were. And it's like, boom. You think, if I had scheduled this, you would have been late. But. Thank you, Thunder. I appreciate that. So, uh, Just a few things. One, the body of Christ is a channel of the Holy Spirit. Channel. And when I say channel, you think Netflix, ABC, CBS, NBC, something that you're paying for so that you can watch it whenever you want. 
And I say channel, I'm thinking uh, conduit. I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking something through which it can flow. I, I want you to get this. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 says, We have a tre- this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may, uh, may be of God and not of us. So Holy Spirit is inside of us, this work of salvation. Now don't misunderstand. For me, this is Ill- illustrated by the server at the restaurant who finally gets the reality that if, if he or she don't take care of my water glass, it is going to be empty a lot because I will drink a lot of water. I will. And, and then I will hint. I will slide it over to the side. I'll shake my ice a little bit. Uh, or I'll just go up and I'll find where the water pitcher is according to where I am, right? So, so what I'm saying, my, my wife is really good though because she gets her uh, water without ice and I get mine with a little ice and I drink more water than she does. So she'll see my glass is empty and she'll pour some of her gla- uh, water into mine. Anybody married like that? I am. I'm so blessed. Aren't you? Come on. I can preach right there. You need some people who will pour some of what they got into. Come on. It's the concept of the work of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 7, verse 38, Jesus said it this way. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But he spoke concerning, but this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not given yet because Jesus was not yet glorified. So, you know, I, I kind of struggle with this in the church because we often believe, and here's one of the reasons you struggle when I talk about gifts of the Spirit. You think Holy Spirit is kind of like that baby waiting pool that you can buy at Walmart for like 10 bucks. You know, that little plastic pool, you throw it out in the yard so one person can get in and jump down and splash it all over themselves. That's what we think of when we think of gifts of the Spirit. Somebody just screaming and yelling and somebody doing this and somebody doing the other and, and it makes no sense when really what it is is the Holy Spirit is something, is He that lives in me being poured out to other individuals. It is not just for Sunday morning. It's for, it's for Sunday night and Monday morning and, and in the middle of the night, in your most difficult times, or when you're with somebody that's struggling, the gifts of the Spirit are to be poured out. They are not to be a pond or a reservoir or just a bottle, something bottled up. He wants to pour through you, and he wants to use you. In the last days, the Bible says in Acts 2, 7, 8, it says in Acts 2, but it also is in Joel. In the last days, God said this already. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Whose sons and daughters? Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young women, your your old old women, wherever you fit in there, okay? Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Prophesy. Anybody got that word, prophesy? You know, I've experienced so much in my life, and I experience it right here. You know, Ephesians 5, 18, do not be drunk with wine, in which is... Somebody wants me to read that again, okay. Do not be drunk with wine. Do not be drunk with wine. Do not be... Okay. Which is, which is you know, what is that word, dissipation? which is wrong, okay? <laughs> but be filled with the Spirit. And then you look at that, and why is it that way? Because sometimes we 
use other means to deal with our brokenness. This is about addictions and enslavements. It can be about everything else that you do. It doesn't have to be just about drug addictions, but enslavements, things that you use to deal with what's going on in your life and in, in your home rather than the Holy Spirit. You, you, got, you got a mess? Don't go home and drink up. Go home and pray up and let Holy Spirit through his gifts roll through your life. When you don't know what to say, he'll give you the words to say. And then he goes on. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting to one another in the fear of God. So, you know, this is just a clear understanding of being continually filled. It's one of the reasons I love coming to church. I, you know, I don't just preach to hear myself preach. Trust me. All right? In fact, sometimes I lose rest just preparing. I do. You know, I, I had a lot of things this week, and I had a funeral I did yesterday with a family that I needed to serve, and, and I was preaching today, so I'm spending Thursday, Friday just trying to get my heart and everything ready, and I'm awake in the middle of the night, God, you got to do this, you know, feeling the attack of the enemy, saying, you're just going to be a mess everywhere you go, and I knew that the call of God was upon me in order to preach salvation at a funeral and preach this message of the Holy Spirit here today. Can I tell you, I needed worship today. I needed the, the team. I needed you to worship. I, I, I don't come to church to look at people. I don't. I don't just come. I need your spirit to rise up. I need your voices as we sing songs and spiritual songs and we sing to one another as we make joyful noises. The Holy Spirit just stirs us and causes us to rise up and prepares us for what we're going to face. I don't, I don't quit, though, because I will listen to worship music on the way out of this house today. I have worship music in my office running on loop. I, so when I prepare, I'll put some soaking music in the background, and some of us struggle with this. I, I'm going to tell you this, all right? Understand, I love music. I've always loved music. Baby, I can sing, I can sing some Bee Gees, all right? I can. I was 70s, you know? I, I apologize for that, all right? He said, well, you know, do you, but do you know, like, some of the message that we were singing in the 70s, in the 80s? Anybody know? He was like, Pastor, stop picking on music. We don't listen to the messages. We only like the beat. And I get that, okay? Uh, 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 uh. Don't make me dance right now. <laughs> staying alive, staying alive, okay? Uh, but if you listen to some of the songs, I'm telling you, I, I, Diane and I love love songs. We do. We sing them. We'll drive down the road on a long trip. We'll just sing a little. We'll turn over to Love Station for a minute. We'll sing some. But then we'll stop and we'll, we can't sing that. You know? All right? If, if you guys are looking at me weird right now. You really are. Like, he did not. You are that kind of a preacher? I'm just saying pay attention to what you're saying. Okay? That's all I'm saying. But the problem is this, okay? If you listen, and I, and, I, and I love, you know, I listen to secular songs. I, you know, I, I can not dance. But, um, <laughs> but once you get used to listening to the music instead of the words long enough, you'll come to church and you'll just listen to the music instead of the words. Because you'll build these blockades in your mind and in your thoughts. Can I finish this message today? Can I finish this? I'll get you out in about 10 minutes, all right? Maybe. Help me, Jesus. So what we need to know is that when we sing the Psalms, when we sing the word of God, it builds us up in our holy faith. 
It stirs us up in the spirit. Anybody ever been stirred? I mean, I sometimes get a song. I was singing after Wednesday night. I was singing, Abba, I belong to you. Go out the door. I'm still singing it. I had heard, I mean, I, I was driving here to church and I heard that uh, uh, song about Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Popped on our, on our radio uh, as we're driving here to church today. I, I will flip. If, the, if I don't like, there are some Christian songs that do not build me up. There are some that just make me sad, and I will turn them off, and I will find something else, and if we get in a struggle, Diana will pull out her thumb drive. We'll plug that playlist in. Next thing you know, we're in an old church basement with Maverick City. Because I need to be built up. I need to be encouraged. I can't go back to that lie. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Where you were saved but had no spirit. It was, it was in Acts chapter 19. It's, it's uh, Apollos was at Corinth, and Paul was, had passed through the upper regions. He came to Ephesus, and he found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And I'm wondering what caused him to say that. Because he saw believers with no power. And they said, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them in verse 3, he said, what baptism did you get, John's baptism? So I want you to hear this. We are not baptized like John baptized people. Our baptism is not John's baptism. That's different. We are baptized in the name of the Father and the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. John's baptism was just about repentance. You should repent before you ever get in the tub. He said that. And you should be baptized dead to sin, alive to Jesus Christ. And not only should you be baptized, but if you look in verse 3, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in different languages. They spoke in tongues, and they prophesied. Okay, Pastor, that's it, because I didn't come for spiritual gifts to show up in my life. I'm sorry. I forgot, this is your personal relationship with Jesus, and it has nothing to do with the Bible. That's sarcasm. Okay, come back to me. That was my <laughs> spiritual gift just showed up there. My story, my childhood, I had a great childhood relationship with Jesus. It was good, but God wanted to use me in, a great, in greater ways, and he just kept showing up in different gifts. I can't do that. Yeah, you can, son. I'm going to give you this ability. And, and then, you know, supernatural things that happen. That's my story. That's your story. So we are a channel. Everybody say, we are a channel to flow through. All right? We are a channel, all of us together, right? Together. We are one big channel. Okay, secondly, spiritual gifts are for today. They're for today. I love the way he begins that in verse 1. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, don't be ignorant. <laughs> I love that. Which is interesting because in general, these are those that are more sophisticated who might, or those that are more sophisticated that might suggest that the gifts of the Spirit are for the ignorant. For the people that are spiritually a little bit, you know, just not there and they're really gullible. Excuse me if I'm so gullible that I want to move in the power of God. Now, but I understand this too because I have been hurt by the misuse of spiritual gifts. 
I want to lift both of my hands. I thought I would die at one time because of it. I got hurt so bad by people who were pretending spiritual gifts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't need people playing that kind of game. And you, listen, don't mess with me. You prophesy, I will discern that bad boy. And I will tell you whether or not I believe it's of God or not. I will. Anybody with me on this? I'm telling you, that's exactly the way, that's the way I roll. All right? That's the way I roll. And, and, and other gifts of the Spirit. I just believe that we need discernment. Ah, help me, Jesus. But just because some people pass out some counterfeit money doesn't mean I'm going to throw all my money away. Don't allow ignorance to close your channel. And don't allow mis, uh, misinformed individuals. There are some good people who love Jesus, but somehow they came up with the doctrine of being cessationist, meaning they believe the gifts have ceased. Why are they praying? Why are they asking God to heal people? You know, but they, they really misread 1 Corinthians 13 and 8. Because when the scripture says, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. And where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Can I also tell you, one day he will dry every tear from our eyes. And one day there will be no more sickness. There will be no more, come on, there will be no more sin. Because we will be raptured. We'll be brought together to be with the Lord. That's what he says. When perfection comes, it means when we are transformed into individuals who are with Christ. And we have new bodies. And we have new lives. Meanwhile, we're on the planet. It's full of a lot of sin, a lot of brokenness, and we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So don't be afraid of spiritual gifts. They are for today. And finally, since we, we know that we're supposed to be a channel and we know that gifts are for today, then we just have to do this. And this is how we'll finish this. We need to open our hearts to gifts from the Spirit. Just, just say, I open my heart to you, Holy Spirit. I open my heart. Open your mind, open your will, open your emotions. Some of you are struggling because you've got wounds in your heart, so you can't trust Holy Spirit. Open your heart, open your mind, open your, open your emotion, even your emotion. You say, I don't want to get emotional. You get emotional about the wrong things all the time. Anybody, got, anybody ever got mad and you found out you shouldn't have been mad? Anybody ever been there before? Like, oops, shouldn't have done that. So you open your mind, will, and emotions to Holy Spirit. You might find that you have the ability to weep through something that you've never wept through before. Overcome some grief and some pain. Open your mind, your will, and your emotions to the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says, and I already read this, but to one there is, see, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Manifestation, say that, manifestation. Things that are invisible are going to show up. To one there is given the Spirit of the message of wisdom, to another knowledge, to another, and by the same Spirit, to another faith. I'm not going to go through all of these today because... We're going to talk about spiritual gifts for a while, and I want to help you begin to embrace things. And in the next few weeks, I would like some of you who have never had a word from heaven to have one. I'd like for some of you to pray like you've never prayed before. And to anybody want this? Anybody? Where did all the presents go? We don't want them. Come on. My brother... My brothers and I, when we were little, my dad and mom bought us Stingray bicycles. That's how old we are. Everybody remember Stingray bicycles? If you don't know what I'm talking about, just don't even say anything, okay? It's going to make me feel too old. Stingray bicycles, banana seats, those high rise, you know, so we're just really cool. I mean, I'm like, I'm like eight years old, baby. And then we got paper routes. <laughs> 
because evidently that's what it was about, paper routes. And um, when I was older, about 12, my parents bought me a Christmas birthday present, okay? Because it was more than they spend, so they got me a Christmas birthday present. It was a 10-speed a, a bicycle. Baby, it was light. I could go up the hills. We lived in a valley. I could go up and down the hills. Uh, so I'm telling you that there are higher speeds that you can go. There are heights that you could go to, but you're too comfortable on that baby stingray bicycle that you had when you were little and you're still riding the same thing thinking you're all cool when really God has higher heights for you and he has greater speeds and we could accomplish more by the gifts of the spirit than we accomplish in ourselves. I don't want to go through a lot of stories but I have them uh, I have them regarding language I have stories regarding supernatural miracles I have seen someone who could not move get up okay uh, on a simple prayer in, in, a, in the living room of somebody's house. I've seen that. I have experienced supernatural language. When I say that, I'm talking about specific language where someone actually understood or spoke a language that they never had known before. Uh, one of my great moments was an understanding moment, and that's when I was in Peru it was my second trip to Peru, and I was on a hillside in Gamaliel, Peru, and there was a family whose father had been murdered because he was a preacher, and uh, just these little kids were up there, left with their widow, the widow, and Marta and Rebecca and Isau were there, and I walked up, and it was the first time I'd ever met them, and Wayne explained to me what had happened, and I asked Holy Spirit to help me pray for them in such a way that they would experience the blessing of their father. And I began to pray for them. And these kids who did not speak any English, one of them started weeping and she started speaking in Spanish to Wayne. And she said, when he prays for me, I feel like my own father is praying for me. She experienced the blessing of her father through my words and I knew that's what Holy Spirit wanted, and the gifts of the Spirit were flowing at that particular moment. You might say, well, that's coincidence. So was that thunder a minute ago. So. <laughs> and some people are saying, well, Pastor, this is something new, and I want you to know it's something old. And some people say, well, this is that charismatic mess. Listen, there was a lot of good things that happened in the charismatic renewal. All you heard was the counterfeit stuff. And just because somebody gets on TV and makes a fool out of themselves and tries to get everybody's money in the name of Holy Ghost words, can I tell you that is the enemy trying to work to disrupt what is true? You might say, well, you know, it still didn't happen. Well, let me just take you back, okay? Ignatius, who lived between 35 AD and 100 AD, personally gave words of prophecy. Justin Martyr, in the second century, he actually, between, the, between A.D. 100 and 165, said, and I quote, It is possible now to see among us men and women who possess the gifts of the Spirit of God. Arrhenius, from A.D. 130 to 200, he spoke of prophecies, he spoke of healings, he spoke of tongues that were uttered in his day, and he said, and this is a quote, Others still heal the sick by laying their hands upon them, and they are made whole. Yea, moreover, as I have said, even the dead have been raised up and remain among us for many years. 
Tertullian of Carthage in AD 160, he lived to 215 AD, wrote a seven-volume work on the movement of the Holy Spirit, including spiritual gifts. And he said, foreseeing that we acknowledge spiritual charismata or gifts, we too have merited the attainment of the prophetic gifts. And he defended and encouraged the, the move of God in speaking in other languages. Cyril, uh, Cyril of Jerusalem in 310 AD and 386 AD experienced the, the baptismal candidates prophesying as they came up out of the water. Augustine, you might not have heard the other guys, but surely you heard of Augustine. 354 to 432, 430 AD wrote the book titled City of God after he saw so many miracles and he said, what am I to do? I'm so pressed by the promise of finishing that I cannot record all the miracles that I know. And surely you've heard of John Wesley. 1758, he wrote, The grand reason why the miraculous gifts were soon withdrawn, that is, withdrawn from the churches, was not only that faith and holiness were nearly lost, but that dry, formal, Orthodox men began then to ridicule whatever gifts they had not themselves and decry them all as evil madness or imposture. What was he saying? The reason we don't see the gifts is because Orthodox men begin to stand up and they told you you can't lift your hands and praise God and you cannot declare the power of God and you can't seek the Lord and I'll be the one. I'm going to be standing up here and you'll know it's me because this is me. I am the man of God. You must listen. And, and they became dry and dead. But can I tell you, I know some good Catholic brothers and sisters who've been speaking in other languages and calling upon God and seeing the power of the Holy Spirit poured out. I have seen it happen. I'm telling you, Church of the Lord Jesus at Freedom Fellowship, it's time for us to take the shackles off of our feet and lift our hands and say, Holy Spirit, come. The welcome mat is open and the door is open. Use me. If you can use anything, use me. Stand up with me and let's worship the Lord together. Come on, everybody stand. We worship you. I understand that these may be strange things that I'm talking to some of you, but as the church rises, we become a channel of the Holy Spirit. So some things are going to take place. You ready? What's going to take place? One, you are going to have... Anybody want this? Don't deny it. Don't, don't look at me like I'm crazy. Well, look at me like I'm crazy so I know it's you, okay? But <laughs> supernatural wisdom and understanding. Confusion comes from the enemy. God's people get supernatural wisdom and understanding. Anybody want that? Hallelujah. I'm just taking names. That's all. Anybody want supernatural wisdom? Healing. Gifts of healing. How many believe God is a healer? Anybody believe he's a healer? Gifts of healing. Would you like to see people healed as you prayed for them? Anybody want to see that? I mean, I've, I tell you, I've walked to the hospitals and said, God, if you would just annoy me, I would go into every room today. I would, you know, just, I would have to get that word. But remember when Jesus, the Bible says that people were following Jesus and he turned and healed all of them. He had compassion, healed all of them. But then Jesus said, you see what I've been doing? Greater works than these shall you do because I go to the Father. And what was he saying? Because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. I'll just challenge you. Go ahead and pray for people that are sick. You don't even have to call me first. 
Anybody, anybody say, okay, I, I got that, Pastor. I got this. I got this. Okay, I got five or six. Okay, so. The ability to know what type of spirit is controlling an environment so that warfare can be accomplished. Walking in the room and know when the enemy is doing what the enemy is doing. Anybody ever walked into a space? I did, man. I walked into a space one day. And it's like, Father, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke all this mess that's going on right here. You, miraculous power, prophetic words to the church, to those that are in need of understanding. This would be so cool, wouldn't it? I mean... <laughs> The ability to speak to those whose language you may not speak or understand. Or the supernatural ability to understand a language that someone else is speaking. It happened heavily in the first church because they didn't have the linguistic ability to, to handle that. They didn't have interpreters for everybody. I mean, Peter, they, he would go in and they would say, that's Peter. He's not smart. He's unlearned. But then he begins speaking in a language that they all understand. Or speaking in a heavenly language. Has anybody ever prayed before in the spirit? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I talked about this, but prayer in the spirit. And some people, you know, you don't have to put this on. Don't play this. Don't play like, oh, I'm going to pray in the spirit. La, 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 la. No, that's, that's a Christmas song. La, 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 la. You know, don't, you don't have to play this. Let Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit does this. Don't, don't pretend. All right? You don't have to pretend. Okay, you have to act in faith. But prayer, spiritual prayer is pretty powerful when you don't know what to pray and the Holy Spirit intercedes with groanings that you could not speak. Or the ability to interpret languages or messages from heaven. You ready to receive? Quick quote from a guy named John Lloyd Ogilvy. Perhaps you've heard of him. Too many Christians settle for two-thirds of God. Two-thirds of the Trinity. Too many of us just settle like, you know, I'm glad I'm saved. I believe in the Father, I'm a child of God. I believe in the cross. But how about taking the rest of God? Anybody ready? Come on, let's, let's receive the supper of the Lord. And Spirit Life team, run down to the front as soon as you've received this supper. In fact, you can bring your communion with you and come on down front. If you haven't, Receive, if you want communion and you don't have some, I got people that are running up and down the hallways. They'll be glad to. There you go. There you go. Just wave at me and they'll get to you. Anybody need communion? Need a cup? Anybody receive the word today? Would you shout amen? Receive the word? Immediately the enemy says, I'm glad that, that you know, tells you. Aren't you glad that's over so you don't have to pay any more attention to that? And you don't even have to come back next week. You don't want to hear any more about that stuff because the next thing you know, you'll be acting crazy just like those other crazy people. And how many know the devil is a liar? Anybody know that? The devil is a liar. Let's stir this thing up. So, same spirit. Shout, same spirit. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism, right? Jesus told us whenever we get together to recognize that we're all one. And one of the ways to do this, he said, when you do, do this, I want you to receive this meal. We ought to eat together more often rather than just this, but... He said, take this bread. This bread is my body, which is broken for you. And I don't want you to ever forget that my body was broken for you. And I also want you to always remember that you are a part of my body. So take this and eat it and remember me. And then he said, here's the cup. This cup. What is the cup? What is it? 
Yeah, the blood. The blood of the new covenant that's poured out for you. Because of the blood, there is removal of all of our sin. Can I get a yes or an amen from somebody? All of our sin is removed because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I want you to know that the blood never loses its power. That my blood still flows for you. Somebody thank God for that. Don't drink this with bitterness in your heart. Don't drink. Hear me? Get rid of your bitterness fast. Right now. Just say, I forgive. You say, you know, but you don't know what they did. I know that you might still have some wounds that need to be healed, but don't carry bitterness. I don't care if it's somebody that hurt you, wounded you, abused you, you forgive them. Look, I was abused as a child, and I have forgiven the individual that did it. You know, I ain't letting him babysit, but you know what I'm saying? I forgive. I'm not going to walk in that. So just say forgiveness, forgiveness, the blood of the new covenant. Take it and receive it. Drink it in remembrance of Christ. Two things as we close. Two things as we close. Okay? I've talked too much for us not to pray. So these people up here are here to pray for you individually. Okay? For those that need individual prayer. But... I would like all of us to urgently seek the face of God and invite Holy Spirit into our lives. I want all of us to do that. That means like we can't just walk out. Maybe you're with somebody and you don't mind holding their hand and praying together, okay? But here's what I want us to do. Some of you, you just haven't seen any gifts of the Spirit ever operate in your life, and you just need somebody to anoint you and pray. Paul, Peter, you see them, and they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. You might say, well, what happened? Did they pray for me? Well, they shoved me down. If they shove you down, I will come and set them free, okay? So, and nobody's shoving people down. We don't do that kind of stuff here. We're not, we're not going to try to make a show of those things that are holy, okay? So, we are here to pray for you and anoint you that the Holy Spirit would move freely in your life. Anybody need that? Anybody want that? Anybody? Shout amen. Somebody wants that. Secondly, we are all here. We are all here to receive the good things of God. So if you need healing, these individuals, y'all up here, you ever seen the gifts of the Spirit operate in your life? You guys standing up here? You've seen the gifts of the Spirit operate in your life, so you believe that God can heal somebody? Okay, so you're not up here just because you're the cutest people in the room, right? You're that was funny. Okay, so. You're up here because you actually want to lay hands on people and help them and pray for their homes and perhaps have a word. So you're not just going to lay hands on them and, and scream at them or anything. That You're just going to take time. You're going to listen to them and minister. So if you need ministry, come up and stand with these good folks. Some of them are even part of our spirit life team and lead spirit life, so our uh, soul care ministry. So uh, you can start coming whenever you want. Start moving up front, okay? But I want all of us just to stand for the next few moments. I don't know if we're singing or what's going on here, but I want you to lift your hands and I want you to pray and pray one for another. And I want you to say things like, come Holy Spirit, fill me with your spirit. Use me by the power of your spirit. If you're praying with somebody, lay your hands on their shoulder and say, Holy Spirit, come fill them, use them, overflow them with your gifts and with your power. Give them knowledge and wisdom and direction. Come on, let's pray church. And if you don't want to pray there, you can come down here and you can kneel down, lay your face in the floor, call upon the Lord. 
But we are going to move in the gifts, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout yes in this house. Yes, Holy Spirit. We give you thanks, God, for what you have given us. And we're going to see the gifts in operation not only here but those online. Let them know your power. Let them know your gifts. Let them know the operation of your kingdom. Let us be a channel in the name of Jesus. Pray for a while. When, you be, when you're dismissed, go in the grace of the Lord. The Lord bless you. Keep you. Make his face shine upon you. And be gracious to you and give you peace. Take some time and pray for one another. If you're new, I'm looking forward to seeing you in the hallway before I get out of here. God bless you all.